0: Hello again, this is Joshua Carr, your host at Real Angle. Uh, Today we're going to be interviewing Min Sa, managing partner at Steady Capital. Uh, Min, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me.
0: Great. Thanks for joining. Uh, Pleasure to see you. So I always like to start by giving everyone the web address because that seems to be the first thing anyone does when they're on the internet. Uh, So your web address is steady-cap.com, right? That's you? You got it. Beautiful, cool. So let's start with the basics. Uh, My understanding is you're running a co-GP fund or a fund that provides GP people equity. And I realize there's a difference and I know we're gonna talk about that. But before we even get into what a GP fund is, let's start with the basics. When did you start Steady Capital? What was your inspiration?
1: So we formally launched Steady Capital um, like Q one of this year, twenty twenty three, um, and it was kind of a culmination of a lot of experiences. You know, as you know, um, I've been in the in- real estate industry since two thousand and six, but you know, did kind of a one eighty, and you know, built a real estate focused uh, enterprise SaaS business. Um, while I was spending some time after the sale of that business, I you know, met a lot of interesting folks and really just wanted to jump back in um, and, you know, as you know, after the kind of like the pandemic um, craziness, you know, interest rates started going up, um, things started to look interesting again, you know, um, you know, building building apartment buildings at three and a half caps didn't really make sense. Um, but, you know, now as things have unfolded, you know, we think there's a lot of interesting opportunity and I thought it'd be great to just kind of jump back in and have fun in the business again.
0: That's great. No, I mean, and it's, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on and I mean, this could be a whole other conversation is I do know that you you worked in real estate private equity and then you went into real estate tech and then you came back from. You know, and by the way, I always find it funny that we call it real estate private equity, but when it's technology for real estate, we call it prop tech. I, I've never understood why we don't call it real estate tech, but whatever. Yeah. The, the point is, you went from real estate private equity to prop tech. You're back in the world of real estate private equity again. You launched your own fund. Um, you're enjoying running your own shop, so to speak. I mean, I guess you were doing that when you were running your own tech company, but now on the real estate side, you're you enjoying the, uh, the joy of being the boss, so to speak.
1: Well, I mean, it's certainly flexible um, <laughs> compared to, you know, being at the desk and, um, you know, cheering rah, 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 let's be, let's all be in the office. Um, right. But yeah, it, it's got its pros and cons, but um, I'd have it no other way. Um, I think it's just a lot more fun to to run your own platform and, and grow and kind of nurture uh, a team. I hear you. Currently, I hear you. Currently a team of three, but. We're growing.
0: It's a team. It's more than one. It's not just you talking to yourself. So, structure, you're a kind of classic closed end fund, right?
1: Yes. Um, We're a really boring, traditional, um, registered uh, private equity fund. Um, You know, our fund size is not huge, it's 20 million. You know, you got to start somewhere.
0: It's fund Um, one. I mean, you start with fund one, so you can do fund two, right? I mean...
1: That's right. And and our intention is to grow this into a full-fledged institutional class, uh, private equity fund management platform, but you have to start somewhere. It takes time. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Um, Maybe it was built in a couple of years, but...
0: Hey, early in my career, I was told that when the guys at Blackstone started, the two principals shared a desk. Uh, You know, uh, they, uh, they had a single room and a desk, which they shared. So, I mean, you know, we all... We all start from somewhere, right? I mean, uh, Jeff Bezos at Amazon started by having a door on legs that he built and called it a desk. So that's that's all. You're, you're head of the game so far, as you said. You got three guys. You're building a team. So, classic closed-end fund, which is great. You're in fundraising mode. I know that. Um, let's talk about strategy, because I think this is really why I wanted to get you on the phone here. What what are you? What is your what is your strategy, if you will? What what niche are you occupying?
1: Well, so um, at its core, um, we're value added opportunistic um, equity investors. Um, It doesn't preclude us from entering into, uh, we'll call it debt like positions, like preferred equity, but we prefer to be aligned on the equity side. Um, We are a sponsor. And so, you know, we will either uh, directly acquire uh, an asset um, or an opportunity, um, just us with a limited partner, um, and or Will uh, come in as a co-general partner into the general partner's equity position, um, and, and so, that's
0: what and that's what I wanted to talk about. So let's say hypothetically, I'm a developer, and why why would I a developer work with you? What would be the reason for me to bring you in as my partner?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's the it's it's, it's a great question, and you know, I, I feel like in the industry in real estate, we've always we'll call it struggle to capitalize deals. And, you know, the larger the deal, the larger the equity check. Um, Also, uh, sponsors for real estate platforms and deals typically like to put in as little equity as possible, you know, which is, we'll call it, um, opposing some of the wishes of the LP and the bank. And so what we do is we like to come into uh, opportunities with sponsors that we really like. We really like the project, the opportunity, the market positioning, the price, um, and the potential and the skill sets. And um, we kind of, quote, quote unquote, enhance and increase the balance sheet uh, or the equity in the deal. Um, you know, we're what we call a friendly coGP equity. Uh, we're not coming into an adversarial position. We're not there to cram anyone down or or take a preferred equity position. Uh, typically, if that's the case, you know, the project's usually gone a little upside down. Yeah. So and let's so- talk
0: about that a little bit. So from a structure standpoint, you know, you've got a hypothetical hundred million dollar transaction. And so developer says, I own the land. I'm going to get a construction loan from a lender for say 70 LTV. So of the other 30 of equity, um, what chunk are you coming in for? What, what, what would, how would that look? Do you think?
1: Yeah. So let's, let's say the, the equity need, um, overall is like 30. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll assume that we'll go out and raise anywhere between 20 to let's say 25 of it. Um, uh-huh. From a limited partner, so of the five to ten million, um, we'll either come in for half or less, um, okay. and depending on the size of the transaction, you know, our first investment that we made, we're part of a club of co-GP investors that uh, are invested for about uh, twelve million, um, and you know, our LP requirement on that deal will be close to sixty. So we'll take a piece of the GP. And, you know, depending on the project and what's really being asked of us skill set wise, you know, we've developed, you know, on our end, we've assembled land, entitled land, um, developed office buildings, multifamily buildings, retrofitted multifamily buildings, industrial pads, a little bit of everything. Right. And so, you know, if the the sponsor wants us to help, we're happy to help and be there uh, to support that team. Um, If the sponsor is just looking for, we'll call it extra fundraising help. Absolutely. um, You know, we'll be there, uh, especially to bring in a limited partner. Everyone wins. We're aligned. We're on the same team. Right. Um, And typically the co-GP partnership, you know, we'll call it the, the material terms are actually quite simple because we're actually receiving carried interest from the limited partner. And so typically it's really about, we'll say, Maybe there's a disproportionate split in how we'll split the carry. Obviously, it's going to be weighted toward the actual day to day sponsor um, if they're doing all the hard work.
0: Right. So, not to put numbers in your mouth, so to speak, but if I'm a GP and you're my co GP, so to speak, you know, and we're putting in money 50 50, we're not splitting the upside 50 50, then, you know, it's whatever it is. It's 60 yeah, 40. There's it, some yeah, different. will be a split. Sure. Sure. Yeah, sure. Sure. It, 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 it. No, it's interesting. So you're sort of in that zone where, you know, I always think of LPs as, you know, they're the quiet money. They write a check. They don't show up to the job site. They call you over three months to say, you know, send me a check, right? Whereas the classic developers, the day-to-day operator, he's out there every day. He's meeting the concrete truck at five in the morning. He's doing everything. You're in the middle zone there. You're, you're, you're helping, you're providing knowledge and expertise, but you're not, you know, you're not day-to-day on the site, obviously, because that's not what you're doing.
1: Yeah, it'll be more of, um, you know, we'll add value. We'll, we'll sit in some strategic design charrette meetings. Um, if there is, we'll call it some, I don't want to call it deficiency, but we'll call it, um, you know, some, some weaknesses or hands are really short uh, on certain types of reporting, or we'll call it getting ready to go to market for certain purposes, whether it's financing, construction financing, or, you know, uh, additional limited partner capital. Um, you know as you know you know me we've got a lot of skill sets and so we can kind of help plug the gaps um, you know as you and know your, sponsors and, are kind and, of...
0: and you have a partner i mean ian you want to just tell everyone your partner's name ian
1: yeah my partner ian um he's you know he's had a 35 year career um in the cap market space um you know selling buildings uh, raising capital assembling right. land um he's like a prolific land guy he's assembled and entitled a ton of land uh, in addition to uh, leasing, um, you know, uh, tens of millions of square feet of industrial space. Uh, and so very different skill sets, um, we'll say I'm more of the, we'll call it the computation math, get everything buttoned up for the institutions guy. Um, Ian is the, Hey, let's go find deals, you know, make it work, knock on doors, more
0: of a brokerage background.
1: Yeah. Which, but that's yeah.
0: what makes a good partnership, right? I mean, you can't both bring exactly the same thing to the table. That's boring. So yeah, um, Yeah. that's no, that's exciting. That's interesting. So I mean, you know, this is and and then I guess one other question to throw out here is we're talking about what a GP, what a provider of friendly equity is. And I know this is always an issue. When it comes to actually signing the construction loan, who's signing the construction loan? Who's giving the personal guarantees?
1: Yeah, I mean, typically completion guarantee is going to have to be signed by the group. Um, But if there's any like further credit enhancement or personal guarantees, Our fund's not equipped to write letters of credit. Um, And so if if it requires a personal guarantee, we're typically going to go to one of our co-GP partners um, that specifically has a product that um, kind of suits that. And so a good example, our first investment that we made in a 380-unit multifamily project in Miami, um, we're kind of in that configuration. We're not the balance sheet uh, personal guarantee guarantor. Um, but we are providing the equity capital. So we've clubbed together. So we've got a group of what we'll call like-minded co-GP investors and specific uh, platform that um, focuses on this. And so we do look at a lot of deals together because it's familiar faces. We've all previously worked together. Um, And a lot of where this kind of original semi-institutionalized co-GP strategy comes from was from AECOM Capital, when ACOM acquired Tishman Construction Realty. Um, and that became a kind of sleeve strategy for ACOM, the, the publicly listed engineering firm. Um, and so, you know, this is a, a permutation of that, and co-GP strategies have generally become more popular, but they're not necessarily, we'll call it, part of the institutional tool set from um, major asset allocators yet. Just there, it hasn't evolved to that we'll call it level of seriousness.
0: Well, I also imagine and this is not to put words in your mouth, but I would think that part of it also would be that the your strategy works really well when debt providers are not providing a lot of money because someone needs to make up that equity gap, right? I mean, when the banks are drunk with power and providing crazy loans to everybody, no one needs you because they can just get debt for cheap and call it a day. And which it's a cyclical
1: strategy. It's um, you know, when when times are tough and there's less liquidity in the market, absolutely GP kind of shines, um, which is why we're not a pure GP fund. We, we're a, we we're a sponsor that also can do CodeGP. Um, it helps us, we'll call it, create a lot of equity leverage, do bigger deals, um, you know, get involved in more interesting things uh, while scaling our team. Um, but, you know, when times are really good, you know, at uh, you know at AECOM, I work with AECOM, um, you know, when times are really good and people don't need your money, our cost of capital is typically a little bit higher, right? We take a piece of the promote. Um, and if the limited partner equity uh, part, like, you know, community is there to invest in these kind of more risk on opportunities and there's more debt, uh, the sponsor is going to say, well, I don't need your capital. Uh, we'd like to think that we're nice guys and, you know, the sponsor would still keep us around. Um, but that's, you know, sale la vie, right? that that's, that's, you know, capitalism. So no,
0: and, and that's fine. I mean, having a cyclical strategy is fine. I mean, you know, things come in, things come in phases and flavors and then they go again. I mean, I, uh, you know, not that it's the same industry, but I often, I often, when I look, I always like to look at other industries and it's like, you know, you look at say the film business, you know, they'll make five zombie movies in a row and then they won't make another zombie movie for 20 years. You know, it's not, uh. It works well at certain times and then not so well at other times, and that's okay. We don't always have to do the same strategy year after year. So that makes yeah. a heck of a lot of sense. And, so and... like the the most recent deal you did, um, why that one? Like I'm sure you look at a bunch of transactions. What what rings your bell, so to speak? What works for you? And also on the other side, what makes you just run for the hills? What What are just like major red flags for you?
1: Um, so uh, the steel in Miami, it was, um, you know, it, it, it might sound crowded because there's a couple of co-GPs in there, but there's two co-GPs in the driver's seat, um, you know, and it's a great location. It's, you know, in a hospital system, um, in the second largest hospital system in Miami. Um, the land basis is very good. It was a limited partner, um, kind of discounted buyout. Okay. Um, it was originally contemplated as a lab building. Um, and uh, was subsequently re as RES. And so, you know, just to talk numbers, you know, in current interest rate environment, you know, the Fed funds rate is 533. Um, we kind of thought like, listen, as long as we can be in the mid to high sixes in terms of a re- return on cost, untrended, if on a trended basis in three, four years when the project delivers, we can be seven, 8%, you know, we'll take that spread trade. But the real reason we, we liked this deal was it was an institutional-sized deal. It's, it's just shy of about $200 million development budget, um, most of which which is high-rise construction costs. Um, and the co-GP sponsor team is really strong. We've actually all worked together, so we kind of all know each other. And so it was kind of one of those easier deals to do um, and, and to jump into. Uh,
0: got it. Yeah, you have the relationship, you have people you know, and then it just kind of goes yeah. from there.
1: And and what makes me run from the hills? Yeah,
0: what makes you run from the hills? I always like to ask.
1: Um, I'd say that we've had a handful of conversations with some sponsors that haven't adjusted their, we'll call it, approach to doing deals. Um, We'll call it free interest rate rise, Um, you know, Q1 2022, a year ago. Sure. You know, when I hear from the sponsor, yeah, I've got this development deal. It's a, what's, you know, what's the return on cost? It's five, five and a quarter. I just, you know, I asked, like, hey, so how do you make money? Sure. Um, agency financing is 7%. Um, right. And they, you know, you know, they'll have an answer to the effect of, well, uh, rent growth or interest rates will go back down. Well,
0: sure. Which I've heard, well, by the time we get out of the ground, interest rates will go back down, which is great, yeah. but that requires interest rates to go back down, which they have not. Yeah. So,
1: And as you know, real estate people aren't famous for being macroeconomists. Um <sighs> So, and as you know, I have an economics background and I've done a lot of advisory work and I built the models and, um, yeah, rates probably aren't going to go back down. Not no,
0: and that's fine. And again, and whether or not they do or don't, or your opinion is they will, and other people don't think so. And where you don't think they will, or other people do either way. Yeah. To go into a deal today, just based on, well, by the time we get out of the ground, it'll go down. It could. But, you know, it's still kind yeah. of hard to plan based on that, uh, especially yeah, it's kind
1: of back to fundamentals. Like if you have a pro forma and it shows negative leverage and the reality is is that you're going to lose money, um, you know, it's first principles. You go show that to a partner, an LP or a bank, they're just going to laugh you out the door or just, you know, never respond to your emails ever again.
0: Yeah, no, you have to start from basics, and I I hear that. No, it's 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 curious. So yeah, so let's talk about plans for the fund for the next year or two. I mean, you're in capital raising mode right now. Um, how are you speaking of the economy? Just how are you finding capital raising right now? Well, obviously harder um, than you thought. Easier? What, what what do you think? What are the well, conversations well, you're having?
1: Fundraising is always hard, <laughs> uh, especially for discretionary funds, and so we're a very traditional discretionary fund. Um, you know, a 10% pref with, you know, a promote thereafter, a sure. typical fun life, like very, very market rate um, on all terms. You know, uh, we've done our first close um, to invest in our first deal. Obviously, we're still fundraising and also looking for, we'll call it strategic platform partners um, uh, that may have an interest in, in kind of aligning with us um, either on a, a strategic joint venture basis or, you know, something a little bit more well, commingled in that sense. Uh, of course. Ever
0: have a vision that someday you could just get absorbed by some fund manager, rebrand yourself? You won't be steady capital anymore. You'll be, you know, Deutsche Bank's in house co GP fund five or something like that. Is that, is that,
1: well, is that a dream? No, it's not a dream. Um, okay. it could it be part of the, the strategy, absolutely. Um, okay. you know, but we, I mean, the way we view it, you know, externally is, you know, we've got a group of people who have a ton of experience that, you know, want to build a business, that want to build it the right way, want to grow it into an institutional platform, you know, slow and steady, um, you know, nothing crazy. And then, you know, we want to be able to look back and say, hey, this is our attribution. These are the, you know, the portfolio, you know, risk profiles and constraints we've put together. This is why we did it. These are the deals we've done. This is why we've done them. Here are the memos. Here's all the reporting. Um, but to go back to fundraising, absolutely it's hard. You know, a lot of folks that we've known and we've spoken to all up and down the spectrum of you know ultra you know, high net worth families, you know, pension funds, Uh, Defined benefit plans, life codes, um, you know, the typical roster of fund investors and high net worth joint venture partners. Everyone's stressed, as you know, um, if you've been in the business long enough, um, you know, you're going to take some nicks. You know, if you own office, ouch, right, you're going to take some write downs um, and, you know, you're going to have to do some restructuring. It's just part of being in the business. Um, but it's hard out there. And so, you know, a lot of folks are getting ready for this $1.5 trillion wall of mortgage maturities. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's going to be quite a bit more painful than anyone is, is realizing, um, you know, in the GFC, the credit markets actually wobbled in the summer of 07. But us real estate people, of course, you know, back then, what do we know, right? Um, Yeah, you know, we thought everything was fine until it wasn't fine.
0: No, the great financial crisis. Yeah, no, I mean, it was great. And then the music stopped and, you know, no one had a chair to sit in, so to speak. No, it's it's interesting. I mean, last time we went through a a financial mess like the great financial crisis, a.k.a. the GFC, which, by the way, and I'm not knocking you for calling it the GFC. I still feel we as a as a as a culture have not fully agreed on what the heck to call what happened in 08. Uh, But yeah, the the great financial crisis. I remember in the wake of that, everyone was like, oh, there's going to be this wall of loans that are going to default. That's right. And
1: The, the, the chart. The chart it had there $800 was, billion on it.
0: Yeah, there were charts. There was data showing it's going to be a disaster. And then it wasn't because, frankly, interest rates dropped. And then all the paper got refied because loan values dropped. I mean, LTVs went bad, but if you can borrow at 4% money, you can make a lot of That's things right. work. Um, yeah. Whereas now... Yeah, if interest rates stay where they are, it's a freaking disaster. If interest rates go back down, it's less of a disaster, uh, which seems to be why everyone's waiting for 24 to see what's going to happen. But you know, meanwhile, we're still here. I mean, I've never had so many people in my professional network available for lunch, I guess would be a good way of putting it, Uh, because everyone's just kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. I mean, not to name names, but a colleague of mine, uh, who is the owner of a regional brokerage firm that does a lot of commercial stuff? Uh, their volume has plummeted. Uh, every deal that they've been handling has been retraded multiple times, and you know he's the owner. So I mean he's the house. He sees the numbers. He sees what trades are getting done. Um, it, it's not a good time, you know. And and I'm I'm in the same boat as you. I mean these are yeah. these are conversations I'm witnessing every day. Um, yeah.
1: And if anyone's listening out there and, and they're kind of on the edge of, you know, in a transaction as a seller, I recommend that you focus on best price certainty of closing, not best price, right? Um, because this is a falling knife moment. And um, if you need the liquidity, just get it um, sure. as quickly as possible. But, just yeah, get out to and your don't point. worry about it. Yeah. The debt schedule is double. It's double the size. It's not over six to seven years. It's now over 24 months. And so, um, even if the Fed funds rate dropped, let's say 150 basis points, these loans are still out of whack. Um, you know, the interest rate versus the value is still severely impaired. And so, uh, I'm sure all the bankers out there are um, quietly nervous, but you know what? If you talk to anyone outside of real estate, you know, the economy's fine. And so sure. it's just, you know, it's it's our problem as an interest rate sensitive sector. And, and that's okay. We'll work through it.
0: No. And, and, you know, again, you know, just not to mention the movie business again, but, you know, Hollywood just went through a major strike, right? And just because they're having a strike for five months, we don't notice it. And I'm sure when we're having defaulting commercial loans, they will be totally unaware of it. Such as life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I talk to other people who are not in the commercial real estate business, and they don't seem to understand the office building apocalypse we're going through. Because why would you if you're a medical doctor? That's not what you do. You know, you just.
1: We'll we'll be the uh, the depressed guys at the bar um, and everyone's going to be like, what's wrong with that guy? Right. Um, But but that's a normal that's a normal um, diversified economy. And I think that's a positive, actually. So, um,
0: no, it's true. It is. It is. And, And hopefully hopefully we have sources of income which are not directly doubling down in exactly what we're doing. Otherwise, I remember when Lehman blew up and Enron blew up, you heard stories of people who not only worked at Enron or at Lehman, but they had all their retirement savings in the stock of Enron or Lehman. And, of course, you're looking at them and you're like, hey, you're a financial professional. How could you, you know, don't, don't – that's doubling down a bit too much. Uh, and, again, I don't mean to besmirch people. I realize, you know, I'm sure it yeah. seemed like a good idea at the time, but in retrospect, it was – it was not um, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Uh, product types, any product types you're hot on any product types you're just cold on right now,
1: just to speak generally um, about the market. Well, we, we actually really like uh, retail opportunities, mixed use to retail office. I know it's the <laughs> office apocalypse, but if the office opportunity is generally well located, you know, there's okay cash flow. you know, it's, it's you know, more than 50% of the buildings occupied. We'll sure. take a hard look at that. Um, you know, some assets, uh, we're not that big on hotel. Hotel is more like a you know, a different skill set. It's more of an operating business. Um, you know, we like residential, multifamily. Um, we think that there's still a little pricing adjustments that need to work their work way through the system. Um, and we we like uh, covered cash flow in, ter- in terms of um, land place. Uh, right now, it's really tough to finance land uh, and development projects unless it's like a core multifamily agency opportunity, which means, um, you know, it's, multi- it's, it's rental housing. Right. Um, uh, but other than that, um, you know, we look at 30 MSAs, you know, the top 30 we focus on, honestly, because there's only three of us, we t- focus on the top five and any other MSA we're being brought into with a CoGP partner. That's sure. on the ground.
0: Local partner who understands everything you need to know about Memphis or Knoxville or wherever the heck you're talking about. Not necessarily. I don't even know if they're top thirty. Either way, the point is, um, in those you'd, you'd need a local player. Interesting. Interesting. Well, look, this has been very constructive. It's always good to talk about sort of other strategies, and I always try to build the show around people who are not just doing the the plain vanilla real estate, commercial real estate product. Um, I've covered what I wanted to cover. Hopefully, uh, we're good. Any other thoughts, any final thoughts you wanted to get out there?
1: Um, yeah, I'm just glad, uh, we were able to connect. Um, you know, we've known each other forever. Um, That's true. and, um, I'll, I'll make the prognostication. This is the summer of Oh seven. Um, And so we're going to have some fun over the next couple of years so
0: yeah what's the old the old joke the chinese proverb about may you live in interesting times uh yeah it's going to be it's going to get weird out there it's going to get weird out there but you know whatever
1: it's okay weird people are my people
0: positive attitude positive attitude (laughs) well good well look thanks again min and again for those of you who are listening in there from the out there on the webs uh that is minsa a managing partner at steady capital Again, their web address is steady-cap.com, and uh, if you've not done so already, you know, like, subscribe, smash that button—all the things people like to say—and we'll be back again in about a week with another interview. So thanks again, and uh, Min, have a lovely day.
1: Cool. You too. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks.